What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Dipped in Tone. I'm Rhett. I'm Zach. Hello, hello. It is, uh, you know, we're, we're back. We've been back from Nam. It's been a crazy few weeks. Yes. Yeah, but we're back. We're getting back to regular uh, scheduled programming here. We've just had some scheduling conflicts with a handful of guests. Right. And uh, so we're, we're coming to you, just the two of us, old school this week. But we've got some exciting guests coming up. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. On the on the calendar, so uh, yeah. I what's new? With I want I want to know who else people want to see us like. Oh yeah, talk to. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like if you've got guest recommendations, let us know in the comments. Uh, Billy no, Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no bad James ideas. <laughs> Literally anyone. We'll talk to anybody. Yeah, uh, we're an equal opportunity podcast over here. We will talk to anybody. They don't even have to play guitar. Actually, that we'll one roadie to, for Skinner who was yeah, you well, know, yeah, that'd be cool. That guy, yeah. you know that guy um, yeah <laughs> but uh but me i'm i'm good because this weekend you already know i am going to indianapolis to go to a comic-con so i can meet adam savage and i am beside myself <laughs> you texted me that the other day and i almost threw my phone phone across the room <laughs> no you said i'm going to meet adam savage and I was like, what <laughs> What are you going to say to him? Do you know? Yeah, well, okay. So here's the thing. It's all very confusing because uh-huh. um, while it's an attractive website, it's uh, some of the nomenclature on like how things go down at this thing is, is kind of uh, fuzzy. But um, we're going, we have like a photo op and you can just pay to have like a photo taken, like a professional photo and you can like stand next to him and like say hi and all this stuff, but you can't like hang out for any amount of time. Okay. That is done when you get an autograph, which is like, this is how all comic conventions and stuff go, which you have to wait in line. Uh, you can buy like a thing to sign uh, or something. You can bring like his book, like every tool is a hammer. Um, and then you can talk for like a few minutes. So I basically, I just want to say like, hey, um, because of Tested, I was able to st- stay sane during 2020 because when I was building pedals and stuff, that was the only thing keeping me like just from absolutely losing my mind. And, and I'll have to mention that I sent him a positron collider, which I know he got, but I don't know. I mean, he never featured it, which is fine, but I just want to know what he thought about it. You know? Yeah. Well, we, we know he got it because we saw it in the background of, it was a one day build episode. I think there was one where he was like doing jewels on like, I think the, one of the crowns from like Hamilton or something, or I don't, and it was on the table. It was in a few videos. You can see like a white box with the mythos circle logo. And I mean, people sent me that and I was like, Oh, (laughs) but um, I'm just just so excited. The, the channel tested, if you don't know, um, it's been around for several years now and it's, uh, it's Adam Savage's channel along with a a few other co-hosts and they do a variety of content that is, I love it. It's genuinely one of my favorite channels ever. Mm -hmm. I know you are a a huge fan of it. So it's one of the few things I'm a Patreon of. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like us and you grew up on Mythbusters, tested is right up your alley. So, uh, good little, uh, it's got the dipped in tone seal of approval that channel does. (laughs) Yeah. But that's I'm, cool, man. I'm 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 kind of freaking out. I wasn't. I thought, oh, I won't be nervous. And then last night I was laying in bed, like, oh my god, what if I say something stupid and he hates me? <laughs> but anyway, how how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Nam getting back from Nam was was pretty hectic. Um, but we're moving ahead with the studio build, finishing mm-hmm. up some HVAC work in the next couple uh, weeks. I almost said years because it's <laughs> it might been take a that long. Years. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, you know, 
just hanging out, man. It's going to be a good summer. Got a, got a lot of stuff planned. Some, some music stuff coming on the pike. Otherwise we're just, you know, making, making videos, doing the thing. That's awesome. I'm glad you said pike. Pike. Because a lot of we, people we had this pipe. discussion, right? I know. Yeah, up. I think it's we did. Pike. Anyway. Okay. So before we get into the topic at hand, thanks to all of our patrons on Patreon. If you want to support the show, uh, check the link in the description below and you can do that. And also thanks to our sponsor of this episode, Stumac. Uh, Stumac, if you go to stumac.com slash dipped in tone, uh, there's a coupon code for 10% off your order. Get all the things you need to set up, work on, and uh, modify your guitars, basses, I mean, really anything. Actually, I have an idea. I want to see what you guys are working on from mm. uh, from your Stumac stuff. So maybe on Instagram, if, you, if you're a luthier or you're building something, you're swapping pickups or you're finishing a guitar, whatever it is, tag Dipped in Tone on Instagram. Let us know what you're working on. Uh, still waiting for someone to buy that GoBar deck with our discount code. I don't know if anyone's done that yet. So maybe maybe today's the day. Maybe. Maybe I you're wanna, the one. I want to see like the craziest guitar finish that you bought like the the aerosol like nitro stuff yeah, that they have. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. I want to see some some bursts that are like yeah. weird. <laughs> well, I wonder who could do like, this would be an interesting challenge actually. Can you get a like how close to a real authentic 58, 59 can you get finish wise with an aerosol kit? It, it would take oh. someone really talented to like get every little nuance and detail right. But I, I think you could do it. I mean, Stumax, like YouTube, they show like some of the stuff that, that the people that, that work there can do. Cause all the, like all the personalities, quote unquote, are professional luthiers. And I've seen pictures of stuff that people have shot with rattle can stuff from Stumac and it's remarkable. But mm -hmm. of course, like these, again, these are professionals. Um, your results may vary, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it like, they they have the tools. You have to supply the talent, sort of thing. But yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, there there'd be quite a difference between Dan Early Wine finishing a guitar and me finishing a guitar. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So well, maybe I don't know. You might have real steady hands. Mm -mm. I've tried it. I've finished a few guitars over the years. And they're not great. So yeah, thanks to Mac for sponsoring today's episode. Links in the description. Ten percent off your order. And uh, yeah. Okay, so Rhett, what's our topic uh, for this episode? You you text me. We we were trying to brainstorm some ideas. And you sent one that was that was uh, captivating. Well, this has been something that's been on my mind for, I'd say, the better part of a year, actually. Um, pedals today. Mm. Things are getting kind of weird. They be pedals would be complicated. <laughs> they do be complicated. <laughs> no, it's bec it's become a, a a bigger and and I for one am here for it. You know the a lot of these brands these newer brands you know your your chase bliss or um like btronics and, and some some even newer brands in that on the market are really taking sort of influences for their pedals from areas like the modular synthesis world or the, the traditional synthesis world or or drum machines or you know they're starting to pull influences and in, in creating pedals that are so far removed from what you would have seen on the pedal market even 10 years ago yeah. Uh, and I think it's really cool. I've got some examples here, but I know you and I are on two different sides of the spectrum on this, uh, this topic. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny cause like, so, I mean, all of these companies, um, Chase Bliss, uh, Beatronics is doing crazy stuff, but I feel like a lot of the people that are doing the little CV inputs and all those things, th these are things that I saw 
it just like, you know, a little bit of a, you know, history. Uh, I would see on all the forums, like the do-it-yourself forums, like people would be like, oh, look, you know, I've got control voltage things. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And and who cares? Um, but it was something that for the longest time felt like just only the super experimental, only the people that were out there in their designs and what kind of music they were wanting to make were, were putting as a feature as like a main selling point of a pedal was just these, these people uh, on the forums, just lurkers, you know, and now, <laughs> and now it's, it's become the thing that is the selling point that people are, are, are looking for. I mean, I get anytime I mention something that I'm doing and people know me, then it's not just a shtick. Like I like simple stuff because that's just what I like. And I, I okay. I took this to Nam the chorus yep. prototype yep. and people are like, is it stereo? Does it have MIDI control? Does it have presets? I'm like, it has <laughs> one switch. No. So like, it's something that people are hungry for. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. So <laughs> you tell me about your experience with this. Okay. Well, there's a spectrum. All right. So mm. on one end of the spectrum, I, I like to see, uh, okay. So the new Josh Smith, overdrive pedal that he just did with with poly yes the uh the the name is escaping right now flat five i have yeah i I have one everything he has is flat five yeah it's it's amazing so that's a that's a fully analog overdrive pedal boost Mm -hmm. pedal so it's a it's kind of a a take on the the chula sort of boost overdrive on one side and then like an amp in a box preamp style on another side so pretty straight ahead right overdrive pedal but Loki over at Polly is a mad genius yes. and, and props to, to Josh Smith for like getting into this, this deep in, in the world of Polly. Cause you know, he's been playing uh, the Bebo for years. He's got a Bebo on his board. This is something different. We'll talk about that in a second, but um, they have integrated all of this really complex interesting control. So there's, there's LFOs on board. There's all these different things. So you can, take a relatively simple analog circuit like an overdrive or a preamp, but then you can turn it into a tremolo. You can turn it into uh, like, there's there's so many different things you can do just by adding a few things from the synth world, like an LFO volt uh, VCAs and things like that. And it's really cool and really musical. And the interface is cool. It's all like capacitive touch on the, the front panel of the, and it's all color coded too. So if you know how the system works, you know, okay, this color is this preset and it's just, it's pretty simple. So on that end of the spectrum, I think it's really cool taking classic circuits, classic pedal design, and then implementing some of these features because a can simplify your rig. Oh yeah. Right. There's an LFO in my overdrive pedal. Okay. Well now I've got a tremolo, so I don't have to have a separate tremolo pedal or I can, uh, I can, you know, modulate and do volume swell things or, or all kinds of stuff that your normal, typical overdrive or boost couldn't do. But then there's the other side of the spectrum, which is stuff like this, the oh, Empress Zoya, that, which that stresses me out. <laughs> I will be honest. I've had this pedal for a few years and I have not been able to get past the just stock presets. Now it's cool because the stock presets are good, Yeah, but this user interface does not work for me it's it's just really confusing and hard to wrap my brain around but that's me there's a lot of people that 
love this thing and, yeah. and do some really cool shit with it. But yeah, the, yeah. the guys at Eastside, um, cause when that, when it, it had been out for a little while and they were like, you should check this out. I'm like, have you guys met you would me? Hate it. No, that's not um, your thing. <laughs> but they like, they walked me through it and they like plugged it up and, and I kind of understand, I mean, I, they, they, those guys understand pedals in and out, but more than anyone else that I've ever met. Um, as far as like using all the features to their fullest extent. Um, but yeah, even then it's like it, to me, I thought it was like a, like a MPC, like a sampler or something. It does look like that because yeah. the pads basically like what's cool about this thing is you're only limited by your imagination, so to speak. Yeah. Because you can do almost anything inside this box. It can become its own synth. It can become uh, it, it can be a generative synth. It can be as simple as just a reverb pedal or a delay pedal. It can be an overdrive. It can be an amp in a box. It's just a matter of what do you want to hear? And do you know how to put the pieces in place to do what you want it to do? Right? Like, okay, right. you need to understand uh, for a tremolo, for example, I need, you know, this block, I need an LFO, I need a VCA and I need an input and output block. And then bam, I've got a, a tremolo or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's great for a lot of people. It's a step a little too far for me just because the interface it's, yeah, I'm a really visual person and it's hard for me to just keep track of what blocks are where and what colors and where my signal is flowing. Mm-hmm. The Bebo yeah. uh, from poly, same kind of pedal, like massive, can do anything you want and more sort of thing, but just the difference in the user interface, this to me is so much easier to use because again, I'm visual. There's literal lines showing your signal where it's flowing on the screen. It's a touch screen interface. So it's a lot easier to kind of wrap your brain around, but even this man, you can get lost in the weeds oh, with it. It's, that, it's crazy. Loki gave me the rundown on that at NAM Cause I feel like so far as, <sighs> And, and 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 we can talk about this more near the end. But so far as like the future of pushing the capabilities of what a pedal can do, I feel like that is is right at at the forefront. But he was showing me how you can like capture like spaces for mm-hmm. the reverb. Yeah, convolution and, reverbs. Yeah, and I was like, what? And I didn't even. I mean, I knew that was a thing, but I thought it was just like for film production and stuff. But um, I mean that. It got me excited, which was which is you know crazy because I don't get too excited about those sort of things. Just thinking about going to like the top room at Carter drink and recording <laughs> that room with all the uh, guitars. Yeah. As like imagine that as a reverb pedal, like that's really cool. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's remarkable what what that pedal can do because the Zoya, like you said, it's it's a bit you really have to know it. Um, yeah, you have to spend a lot of time with it. And again, there are people that really click with it and can do amazing things because I, when, when they sent that to me, it came loaded with an SD card with a ton of presets and a different operating system and stuff, which is weird to talk about like your pedal having an an OS, um, having to update your OS, but that's where we are now. And some of the presets in here are genuinely amazing. Like there's a, there's a tape loop sampler in this pedal that a a preset that someone created that basically does the you know cassette tape looping thing that's so popular now where you like make your own tape loops there's somebody made that into a preset in here and it sounds like tape and it works like tape and it's it's cool as hell i could never make that from scratch it's (laughs) it takes a person so much smarter than me and more experienced in that world than me to do it 
but it's cool that you can do it. Same thing with, with the Bebo. It's like, you can just go online. There's, there's a website that people just post up their presets mm-hmm. and you just put them on an, on a USB stick, drop it onto the Bebo. Cause it has its own USB input oh, yeah. in the back. A full size. Um, a. Yeah. And the thing that I like about this is Loki is constantly updating this thing. Like it's almost obscene how many updates there are for it. So there's yeah. always new features added. It's like, what you're buying in this box is just kind of a user interface for the software and the presets and stuff that you get. Um, yeah. So if you're the type of player that's sort of adventurous and into the tweaking and kind of like curious about, well, what happens if I put this into this into this, then I think these are right up your alley. If you're yeah. more like Zach, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think like I was going to just say that I think it takes a special kind of player or someone who is thinking in that way more than I mean, and, and you have to have a pretty I mean, you don't have to have a complete in-depth knowledge of like circuits to know what a low frequency oscillator or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, is. But um, you got to know something to be yeah. able to dive into that, because otherwise I think. And I'm sure this happens a lot. People get those things. And you're like, well, how the hell do I use this thing? So, I, you know, I, I just wonder if that's going to be because I feel like there's been this uh, a bit of a line in the sand for a long time that, you know, you have your pedal people, you have your multi-effect people. And, and, and over the past couple of years, you've seen um, the growth in like the modeling market. But now it feels like there's a whole subgenre of pedals and, and pedal users that are using these things which when we were growing up i mean obviously they didn't exist but i don't even think that would have entered someone's consciousness so it's like the thought process of making music for someone using these things is so different than what like how i even would sit down and approach to to writing anything yeah and that's interesting i think it comes from the modular world like seeing the modular synth world I've been sort of orbiting around it for a few years and I have a half built modular rig behind me that is just, it's so confusing. (laughs) I think for me, I look at modular the way a lot of people look at guitar pedals where you just see like, Oh my God, there's so much stuff out here. What does all this stuff do? Yeah. Um, But what's been cool is to see how that world and the guitar effect world have started, started, started to sort of bleed together where a lot of modular synthesists are using guitar pedals and guitar effects. And some companies like Strymon, for example, are making modular uh, or making Eurorack modules specifically. Like they're, they're making things that don't exist in their pedal form just for the modular world because that market is so big. And I think that is now starting to influence a lot of guitar players because they're seeing the stuff on Instagram, you know, all these, you know, uh, like, like blank forms is a really great follow. Um, and, and uh, let's see, light bath and, and a few other people that i have followed for a few years you see what they're doing uh heinbach the, on youtube these nondescript names of- <laughs> <laughs> you actually i think i think you would dig heinbach's channel well you um, know what okay all that to say uh i adore electronic music yeah um i i listen to a lot of electronic music the, the majority of the stuff that i listen to on a day-to-day basis is not has it doesn't have a guitar anywhere near it mm-hmm. um but um, I, I, have, I have zero interest in making music with those things. Um, but mm. I enjoy listening to it. Have you ever tried, though? No. 
Because I you should. But, but here's the thing for me, like just like you, if I say, okay, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to pony up <laughs> just yeah, an oh, obscene yeah. amount of money. And then I'm going to have all this stuff and I'm going to look at it and go, what the f- did I just spend all this money on? <laughs> I'm doing the same thing in the tape world. I, I have, yeah. I am deep in the tape game right now. I've got a task game 388 sitting here next to the, the camera and a bunch of like, that's just what I'm interested in at the moment. And that's more of like a recording workflow thing than what we're talking about. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think, I think it's worth checking out. And I think a lot of guitar players who sort of have this attitude, you may, you maybe you've seen the modular world or you've seen that stuff and you've thought, well, that's weird. I don't know about that. Ah, you should, you should think about trying it out because there are ways that you can, uh, you can get your guitar in and out of a modular rack and you can create some really cool stuff. It doesn't have to be all a bunch of weird noise, you know, freak out kind of things like, right. You can do interesting reverbs. You can make interesting overdrive sounds and interesting delay sounds, just stuff that you wouldn't normally create with the pedals on your board that can be really inspiring to play with. And I think that's the point, right? Like all of this stuff is at the service of trying to inspire the person playing it to create something new, to write something right. new. Do you think that a lot, I mean, like, like, okay, if we push away the pedals for a second and we're just talking about taking your rig and, and, and somehow integrating it into like a, 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 a modular system, um, are these things repeatable? Like, like, you know, if you get a sound or something, um, and you have it and it's it's amazing and then anyone bumps a knob like can you get back to like what it was well i think in the modular world it depends on the patch and right to all of the modular people out there please be patient with me because i'm i'm still very new to this world um but yeah i mean as far as i know at least with my setup no there's yeah. no presets there's no like oh that's cool i'm going to bank that and put it in a you know some modules that I think are capable of that, but like, I think that's kind of part of the beauty of it though. That's part of the point, like creating right. a patch or creating a sound that exists for that moment in that way, as you created it, doing what you want with it, recording it, whatever. And then you unpatch and then it's gone and you'll, what? you'll never get back there oh, man. again. And that's, I think that's that stresses cool. me out. <laughs> Because, I mean, I've been Dude. in bands where, I, like, I was in a band where I circuit bent my pedals. So, like, okay, I'm not too too much of a stranger to, like, making weird noises. Like, I, I, had, a, I had a flanger that sounded like a spaceship taken off. But, like, we recorded an album. And I, I'm not going to say the name of it because it's horrible and I don't want anyone to find it. But uh-huh. um, the, uh, I could never, I never, I had that pedal for, like, three years. And I could never get it to sound like it it did the day we recorded something with it. And it made me insane uh, because all I wanted to do was have a button that would go right to where the pots would be and I could capture that sound, you know, just for a sec. It was like in, in an intro of a song. It's all it was. And I got mm. close, but, oh, man, it just drove me batty. So, like, for me, it, with the modular thing, because most of it's all analog, right? A lot of it is. There is a lot of yeah. digital stuff as well, but, yeah. So, like, the moment you turn a pot – uh, like depending on the voltage coming out of the wall that day, you might not get back to the same resistance that the pot was at. So like I, I would, I would, I think I would, I would pull my hair out or just turn more white. Um, just trying to find 
like where I had, like, as I would take pictures of the thing and they, okay, I got to yeah, get I just it think that's the wrong mindset though with the modular thing. I think, uh, no. I think the way you approach the modular OCD. world is like, okay, what, what can I make today? It's, it's uh-huh. more of a, it, it's more of a creative thing. Like, okay, what can I do today? That's different than I did yesterday. And that's what ha- is, is piquing my interest about it. That's what is making me curious. It's something that's completely isolated and separate from the guitar. I can sit down and make something hopefully musical with this machine that I've built. And the other yeah. cool thing is kind of like a pedal board, like your modular rig is your own. It's your, it's your sort of smorgasbord of, of influences and what you think is cool and what you think might work together and what you're trying to figure out. I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's not for everybody. I'm not here trying to say like every guitar <sighs> player needs to go to, you know, wherever and start buying euro rack stuff because the other part of it too is it's expensive you think guitar pedals are expensive the euro rack world gets up there it's it's coming down it's getting more accessible which is cool but like dude well it it's one of the things that i've seen growing more and more in in my side of the things and this is i think and this is true to all of like you know what what loki's doing what what um empress is doing like everybody is kind of is is reaching a little bit to define that next big thing. And so all of my like suppliers, for example, um, there's now like modular synth sections on my parts uh-huh. websites for the, the three and a half inch, um, or, or the three, whatever the, the mini jacks and like yeah. all those things and the little patch cables and like all that stuff is now starting to show up because these are the things that the people making these pedals need to, you know, all the parts they need. And it, it's just, it's funny. Cause I, I don't, it doesn't scare me as someone who is so, I mean, I'm not so like analog and, and boring pedal builder that I can't see past like the, the like unabashed creativity that these things can bring to you as a musician. But it, it does feel like there is, is a slight shift. And I think um, the pedals in general it, it, like are going to be pushed there's going to be even more of a hard line, I think, between what is considered, you know, a, a traditional pedal, a, you know, like a this kind of pedal or mm-hmm. something that has a screen in, in a touch or, or, or the ability to create sounds that traditionally have never existed in a guitar. Um, but I, I wonder, though, because there has to be something that's pushing this apart from the people that are just creating music in their bedrooms. Because, you know, if all of this is just some, some form of creative expression um, that doesn't necessarily go anywhere, like what is perpetuating this in popular culture so that people are wanting to go down this rabbit hole? Is it YouTube? Is it Instagram? Like what, what is perpetuating this stuff? Well, do I do you know? think social media is a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's what has pushed me to get into like, the tape looping stuff and, and just the tape stuff in general. I mean, blank forms, if you don't follow him on Instagram, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I think you, you should blank for dot MS on Instagram. Um, I started following him a few years ago and then he, I paid for a, like a seminar course thing that he did on tape looping because I would see the stuff that he was creating and just be, blown away by the sounds and the textures and things that he was making just on his Instagram profiles. Like, I want to do that. That, that seems really cool. Or I think YouTube's a big part of it. Like I've mentioned earlier, the channel Heinbach, I've been watching him for a few years. I actually think you would really dig his channel because he does a really great job of exploring sort of the, 
I guess the edges of electronic music production. And for those of you that hear electronic music and like roll your eyes and scoff and think it's like all club EDM stuff, it's not all that. The world of electronic music is so deep and vast and fun. You can you can totally find an angle there that that you like. And Heinbach's channel is really cool. He explores all of the the different um, methods and different tools for making sound. He makes videos with these old pieces of like military test equipment as sound generators and makes music <laughs> with it. I mean, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, really, really cool. So yeah, I think, I think that's part of it in terms of like pop culture. I don't know that there's anything, certainly nothing on billboard top 40 is in, is informing the stuff because that right. is a lot of just sort of canned, you know, mass produced disposable music. Um, I mean, this is, is what it is. There's, there's not much else to it. There's obviously exceptions to that. There's still some great songs that hit the the charts, you know, the newest Lewis Capaldi track, I think is, is an amazing song, but for the most part, yeah, I don't think there's anything pop culture wise that's necessarily influencing. I would say even anything in the guitar world, you know, because right. guitar is so it's not really featured on the, the top charts that much. But it, isn't that interesting, though, that we have this <laughs> – I was going to say prehistoric, but that's that's not entirely fair. We have – we we love this instrument that um, is so regarded as this, this, you know, creative force of yesteryear in a bit. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the guitar will, will never go away, but no. um, it, it, it's crazy that these things – are progressing like that where we have all these these creators and makers making these these devices that are pushing the envelope of what a guitar can do just from their own <laughs> sheer creativity or force of will uh and i did i looked up that blank forums and yeah he's got a hundred thousand <laughs> subscribers on on instagram or followers on instagram so yeah it, it's so it's so remarkable to me i mean it's not like shocking it's just it's so weird that they're like it, it makes you realize how small like an industry is when you start looking right outside it, just on like skirting the lines of mm -hmm. it and seeing how big like these these communities are. Uh it kind of boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's I've seen it a lot like it's the power of the niche kind of yeah. thing. Um and quite frankly, you know, this is kind of creeping away from the topic at hand, but just to touch on it for a second, like yeah, guitar, I don't think will ever reach the height of its popularity as it did for that 30 year period from like the, you know, 60s through the 90s. But I kind of don't care. Yeah, I think there's this this sort of narrative online that people have of like, oh, guitars dead and, you know, it's never coming back. It's like, well, yeah, it might not ever be, you know top in the charts again but who yeah. cares yeah it's like, all right. that it's doesn't not like that make, music goes away yeah it the the artists that i like are still making music that i like it's not making keeping me from playing guitar it's not like i'm looking at the top 10 chart and thinking like oh there's no guitar there i guess i'm gonna go do something else today like it doesn't right. matter so but yeah man and I, I think with this stuff there there's a lot of companies and people that are sort of pushing the boundary of like what guitar pedals are and what they can do and, and should do. But sure. what's happening too, like on the spectrum thing is I think it's starting to bleed into the, the sort of normal, you know, like, like the, uh, the flat five pedal we were talking about analog pedal that's digitally controlled. We're starting to see a lot more of that kind of stuff. Like, so I, I bought this when they announced it, but the, the mood Mark mm -hmm. two chase bliss, 
I so have pink. been. A, it's I love the color, man. Look at that. <laughs> so nice. Um, I was a massive fan, still am massive fan of the the Gen One mood. And if you're interested, I still think having played this one, the Gen Two, it's great, and I like the improvements that they've made. But I don't think it's a I don't think it uh, makes the Gen 1 obsolete. I think the the original mood is still a great pedal. And if you can pick one up used for a better price because these are out, you should do it. Well, they, um, they're blowing out the – or they were blowing out the V1. So if, yeah. if, if, if you go look to, at Chase Bliss's website if, you're, if this is still pretty. Yeah, honestly, go get a V1. V1s are awesome. Um, but with that said, it's like this pedal, I believe it's an analog circuit in terms of like the effects – the, the reverb, the delay, the old blood noise side, because it's two different like effects in one box, essentially. I don't, I mean, like the amount of stuff that it does, I don't, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, if it's all analog in that, like, I mean, I know it has a digital brain, but if it's got analog effects, then well, like, I think that's, how they that's, fit it in the 125B, that's kind of boggling my mind. <laughs> I think well, I, I I haven't opened this up, but I imagine it's like a bunch of stacked circuit boards. Oh, there's probably four or three boards in yeah. there at least. But I mean, that's kind of Chase Bliss's whole tagline, right? Like digital brain, analog heart. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can see that with the preamp Mark II pedal they did a few years ago. That's an analog overdrive preamp fuzz EQ thing, but it's got the digital flying faders. And so to me, that's a that's a great example of this progressive ideology in the the pedal world making old school pedals better the the case in point like the preamp mark ii is on my main board with an expression pedal tied into it where it stays on all the time and when i want a boost or a solo boost i just ride that expression pedal which is tied to the the output yeah fader essentially i i was pretty shocked but like i i knew it was going to be good and like chase bliss I, i know they make good stuff it's just most of it does not appeal to me um, because I, again, I just don't play guitar like that. And it's not something I'm interested in because I get such just fleeting moments of being able to play the guitar when I want to plug into something. I just want to be loud and play, you know, mm. a chords. Um, but I will say that when I, um, came over to your house and we, 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 we compared my clone with some of the other stuff you had, um, not to name names. But that one, the Chase Bliss, it's that we could get it to sound exactly like it. It's a powerful but tool. I was I was pretty shocked. That was the first that honestly, that's the first time I ever heard and played a Chase Bliss that made me go, Oh, I I, I kinda wanna have that. Yeah. And not, and again, I'm not trying to disparage what they what what Joel and company do. It just doesn't appeal to me typically. But that kind of shocked me. And I mm-hmm. think that I think more of that is going to be the progression that we see in the industry. Um, people pushing analog with digital control, because honestly, I mean, like every, every analog delay pedal, the Oracle's not in here. Um, if it has a tap, mm-hmm. chances are that's a little microcontroller that essentially replaces the pot. So the yeah. pot um, is, is controlling a parameter on a controller that is also can be controlled with the foot switch for the tap. And so you're just replacing a pot. I mean, well, the pot's still there, but it's just controlling a microcontroller. And so that's kind of like the most simplified version of what uh, some of this Chase Bliss stuff is doing. 
in the most dumbed down way. But like, I think a lot of people have this, this misconception that, oh, if it's got any digital, like your signal is digital and it's, that's not true. It doesn't no. convert it to digital. It's just I mean, what, control. Some, some pedals do like the yeah. H9, for example, has A to D, D to A converters. There's, yes. there's some pedals that, that do. Um, but here's the deal, man. I used to have an H9. The only reason I sold it was I didn't like the interface. I didn't like that, you know, I had to have my phone paired to it to like really adjust all the settings oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And um, so I sold it because of that. You know, Strymons, they have converters. They have analog dry through. So there's always, you know, your dry signal is, you know, unless you're going 100% wet effect on those pedals, you're, you're parallel processing. And so your analog dry signal is staying the same. I, I get it. I just don't care that much. Like... Here's the thing. If it sounds good, if what's coming out of your amp sounds good, who gives a shit what's happening on the pedal board? If it's converting, if it's if it's digital, if it's analog, if it sounds good, it is good. So yeah. I, the whole I, worry about like digital that or digital, it's like who gives a shit? I think all of that has come, came from I – th- I think it came from one pedal in particular and, and, and it perpetuated this thing that – a pedal that 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 truly put the industry upside down, turned it upside down. The DL4, because mm-hmm. the DL4 is remarkable. The original one, it does an amazing thing, but it does change your sound, and it is mm-hmm. noticeable for even the, the not the most discerning eared player. But I mean, ha- people are still using that thing because oh, yeah. it works so well but i think that pedal because it was so popular and so many people heard it and tried it and knew what their rig sounded like especially in a time where everything was way simpler uh truly i think painted digital conversion into a weird light and i think the industry now that doesn't exist i don't think it it matters at all um well, yeah i mean part. young young players today i mean the dl4 came out in what 2004 Oh my gosh. Uh, 2003, something like that. I have no so idea. There, there are young pro players that are out gigging and working today that like were barely alive when, when the DL4 came out. They certainly weren't playing guitar. So I think a lot of that stigma has just faded with, with time. Um, I mean, I remember when I first started playing guitar, I wasn't even aware. 1999. Of oh God. Yeah. So I started playing guitar in 2003, 2004, and wasn't really aware of pedals until maybe four years after that, maybe five years after that. So yeah, I mean, I get it. There, there is a thing to the digital conversion and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, I just go back to, do you like the sound coming out of your amp? Okay. Then that's it. That's all that really matters. If, yeah. if you'd like that and you like knowing that, Oh, I'm getting this sound because I have a completely like organic analog signal flow and, and all this stuff. Great. Whatever. I don't care. I, I will put, you know, something like this in my, my signal chain, the Zoya, in my signal chain, whatever, as long as it's getting me the result that I'm looking for, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I guess as we kind of wrap this conversation up a little bit, Beatronics is pushing the envelope with a lot of things they do. I think they make great stuff. A lot of it, again, it doesn't truly appeal to me because like, I, like I don't need to make those sounds. <laughs> yeah. And look at their artwork too, man. Come on. Uh, yeah. So the pedals cool. are, they came out of the gate, like just swinging hard <laughs> with all that. I, I love those design. guys over there. It's, they've got They're such great. a cool thing going. But this is another good example of analog circuit digitally controlled. Yeah, like the thing that the zombie will do. It, it it's 
you know, again, this is not something I reach for all the time, but if I want something weird and out there and it, it'll make my guitar do something that no other pedal will do, like, yeah, you know, I think it, that's it, cool. So who else, do you have anything else that you want to show that's kind of yeah, pushing okay. the boundaries of what these... Well, this is on the the more like I think old school analog side of weird, but it's still <laughs> weird nonetheless. So this is uh, Acorn. Yeah, shout out to my uh, my buddy Tyler, local Atlanta company here. This is the uh, basically the the PV amp that uh, Josh Homme made famous in a box, and this is literally a ten watt amp. It has a speaker output. You can drive a speaker cab with this. Yeah. Uh, you can use it as a preamp and overdrive kind of thing. And it's weird, but it's rad. And this, I think, is something that's on the weird spectrum that would appeal more to you, uh, the sort of traditional sort of analog kind of player, even though it is solid state, but it still is analog. <laughs> um, that's really, really cool. I've enjoyed playing this. I actually did a uh, – I was sitting up here the other night a few weeks ago, and I did a wet-dry rig with this where I plug my guitar in and that's where you had the thing like this. Yeah. And Oh, you already talked about this. The, yeah, the false stereo, uh, tremolo thing that was happening. I did that with this. So basically went guitar in and then just sent the dry output of this to a speaker cab, a 112 speaker. It was actually my tweed amp. I just unplugged the amp did thing. Um, and then this went to another, it actually went to the, the Bebo and I had a Mm -hmm. interesting, I think it was a flanger patch or a, a chorus patch or something pulled up going through another cab. So I had a wet cab and a dry cab and it created this pseudo stereo rotary effect in my room because of the way the phase was working in the room with the dry amp and the wet signal. It was wild. It mm. was really, really cool. So, uh, and then wow. weird, weird, um, East side music supply. Uh, oh yeah. The, uh, the Fidel eater, um, from intensive care audio this thing is is just weird but it's cool i don't really still understand how it functions fully but it'll do some wild stuff um the the only pedal that i could find that really has more features to do one job uh is is the simplest thing (laughs) it was the one i mentioned in the nam video with danish pete it's the westerland uh boost which I, they're killing it with their social media because this thing's popping up everywhere. But this is 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 a is a preamp boost with treble middle bass gain level. It has its own independent boost, a bright dark switch, a germanium silicone silicon switch, and then a, a soft none or hard clipping switch. And yeah. so you can get a lot of sounds. But this thing, this thing rips. Yeah. I it was one of the, this was one of those pedals that when I played it, I was like. <laughs> I should make something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think to, to wrap this up, one thing I would like to see as the pedal world gets more diverse and, and there's a wider variety of stuff out there. I would like to see the guitar world adopt CV. Like obviously oh. the modular world is all completely based on CV. If you don't know what CV is, it's short for control voltage. And it is how you generate things like LFOs and, and you can control all kinds of, parameters um it it's very very deep and and vast i I would recommend a youtube deep dive if you're interested but cv is a really really cool tool that you can use to take analog effects and add external controls so long as they have cv inputs that are tied to certain controls so for example Mm -hmm. like 
what I would like to see more of is companies making a CV generator pedal. There's already plenty of modules that do this in the modular world, but making that in pedal form and you could just make simple patches on your board to pedals that have CV inputs and use that to create new sounds. And then you're sort of blending sort of the best of both worlds, I think, because let's say your pedal board, you're using a loop switcher or using some kind of MIDI controller to save presets and you have a CV generator pedal that has the ability to save presets, you can recall certain things, but you can take sort of these traditional effects like they've done, the poly is done with the flat five, a simple boost preamp overdrive pedal by adding things like LFOs to them, you are opening up a whole new world of sounds that weren't there originally in those circuits. I think that's where the, the market should head personally. Mm. Yeah. I don't even know how you know you make that stuff. <laughs> I was I just searched it. I'm like, oh. So, I think honestly, I think you should look into it. I think you should think about getting into it. I don't think it's my. I don't think it's my bag. Uh, I just. I, I, I think you should do it. I, I man, uh, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you, you, you we've all had those friends who are like you. You would love this movie or something. And you're like, <laughs> no, I, I I know I wouldn't. Um, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, I'm curious. I would like to, I would like to experience it, but I'm so like, I'm just, try, I'm still trying to find JFETs to make the right amp in a box sort of things that I want to make. So like, yeah, but yeah. I think that's a different, it's a different thing. It's not like you're trying I only to have find so the much right mind parts. space. I know. I know. But the, the thing is like CV is not a new, it's, it's no, you I know would wrap your head around it. No, no time. Like I'm just saying, I think it would be a cool thing to maybe throw into not every mythos pedal, but like, you uh, know. you're reaching now, maybe in a Shoyles product. Okay. All right. If, All right. We, if I could ever minute, introduce finish that Shoyles that, industries, if I could ever finish that Shoyles fuzz, man, God. Uh, so, so as we wrap up, maybe this can be the, the period on the end of this paragraph. Are you um, going to announce this yet or no? Well, I, I made another prototype and it's still did the oh, whole yeah. like theremin and I don't know why, I don't know why I haven't put it on oscilloscope yet um, to find out where the signal's bleeding. But I, I was super excited. I was like, Oh, this, I, I isolated all the grounds and everything is super far away and this should work. Perfect. And as soon as I plugged it up, it was just, woo. <laughs> Great. I, I'm telling I, you, man, we should, we should do something because there, there is a market of people that are into that thing. So we should take whatever it is now and figure out how to like control it a little more and just put that out as like a, you know, I mean, dude, Earthquaker does like the data corruptor and I mean, that's another <laughs> weird pedal. Like, there's, oh my gosh, there's plenty of stuff out there that's just weird just and, like and in noise. a box, like, like Kleenex box size, just with knobs <laughs> all over it. <laughs> anyway, oh, so nice. Buy weird pedals. If you're into weird pedals, yeah. and if you're not, you can buy mythos. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll make a we'll make the Shoyles brand. That can be your excuse, and I'll I'll help push you out of your comfort zone, and you don't have to mess with the mythos brand and line. But Shoyles Industries, we can we can do. I'm telling you, man, I want a CV generator. Maybe somebody let me know in the comments if this is already a thing. I can just Google it. But whatever. Like, I'm picturing a pedal that lives on my board that has a few options. That's a CV generator. Uh, basically module, but on a pedal board that I can make patches on a board with two other pedals that have CV, which unfortunately is not a lot right now. Um, but huh, we need to get on it. 
What? Uh, uh makes one. Oh, of course they do. There you go. Done. All right. Easy. All right. Don't comment. <laughs> okay. So let's dip this rig. So we've got a rig here from Mr. Mike Rock. Let me get Mike it loaded. Rock. Mike Rock. That sounds, it sounds like a radio DJ. Yeah. I was going to say it's a morning radio DJ. You commute into work, weather, traffic, traffic news with Mike Rock. Mike Rock. Mike Rock in the mornings. Boom. Ooh. Okay. There we go. There we go. Oh, see? dude. That Eastman. Okay. Okay. See? All I right, don't want to so, talk about one of these. There we go. Uh, we've got a Fender Hot Rod DeVille. It looks like the four by 10. Or maybe. Hell yeah. Hey, it's bike. hard. It's hard to tell. Anyway. Yeah. Um, on the board, we've got we've got some stuff. We've got the HX effects. We've got the uh, Earthquaker Rainbow, a DD5. Speaking of weird pedals. Yeah. The C Machine, Boss OD3, which I don't think we've mentioned. Great overdrive. Nope. The Op Amp Muff, the uh, Nux Boost. Uh, looks like a mini Dynacomp and uh, Expression Pedal for the Line 6. And he's got the Eastman, the the, the SB55DC slash V. Ugh. <laughs> Workshop that, fellas. Uh, an American Ultra HSS Strat and a uh, Les Paul 60 Standard uh, 2022 thing. He's in a cover band, uh, rig designed to do a wide variety of things and does everything from classic to modern rock. And uh, yeah, I thought, I saw this and thought, there we go. There's a rig. Uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. I was at Righteous Guitars a couple months ago. And they had three of those Eastman's exact model on the wall. I think they retail for $13.99, $14.99, something like that. They're not expensive. They're not expensive. Dude, I played all three of them. All three of them were ringers. Incredibly lightweight. I mean, I didn't weigh them, but they they couldn't have weighed more than six and a half pounds, maybe. All all three of them. Nice chunk of mahogany. The pickup sounded great. For that like Les Paul Jr. special double cut thing, the Eastman honestly blew my mind. I, I was shocked at how good those guitars were. And there's three of them. Yeah. All three of them were killer. It's funny. Everyone I've played was the same, same experience. Because um, I played one there when I was with you. And then mm-hmm. I played one at, at Mass Street. And it there, I like I've played the 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 carved top ones. I'm like, they're yeah. okay. Like, cool. Yeah cool and the semi hollows same thing but those every time i've laid my hands on it i go how are they getting away with this yeah they're good <laughs> they're good 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 um, um ultra strat, strat cool it's got that, that i think it's like the texas t color which i think is one of the nicest uh yep. fender colors but i mean it's it's a strat with a humbucker and, yep. and those, those new ones uh this is something i get asked about a lot um one way that they get away with having that humbucker there is they have a stacked pot. Ah. So that pot is 250K and 500K, and it's got a super switch, which is like two switches that work at once. So when you click down to the first position, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can never remember that. Uh, It's seeing a 500K load, so it's not as like muddy as some Mm. HSS could be. And, uh, and so everything sees the right load and then, you know, sixties, Les Paul standard classic, you know, hard to beat that. Yeah. Um, pedal board. I great. And, and that temple audio board, that's the same board that I'm, I'm using got at the mm. beginning of the year. I really like the temple stuff, man. It, that board's been great. Um, I like the, the input and output modules that it has, you know, yeah. the HX effects 
I've said it plenty of times. I'll say it again. I think is still one of the most underrated pieces of gear on the market. The line six effects sound really great. And that unit is basically all of the line six effects. And I think their speaker modeling stuff too, oh, really? uh, in one box. And it's great. I have two of them and they keep ending up on my traveling rigs. Whenever I go out to play, I just put one of those on. They've got the two effects loops. They're, they're really, really useful. If you want to build a small, like flyable, really powerful board, the, the HX effects is a hard, a hard unit to beat. So big and fan if, there. If you're in a cover band and you're trying to get stuff done without <laughs> spending an arm and a leg on every effect, it's the way to go. I mean, I, I think like people go on and on. I'm not okay. I, you talked about the H9, and I know a lot of people like that thing for a similar job. But I feel like for the money, uh, that the HX effects sounds as good as I would want any of those things to ever sound. Yeah, personally. it doesn't have the same like depth of algorithms as Eventide has. That's, That's the true. one thing Eventide has over Line Six is they've got you know the lineage and the history of all these, these algorithms and stuff. Yeah. But I'm telling you, many, many people are sleeping on the HX effects, I think, because it says line six on it. And I think there's still a, yeah. sig- a stigma around the line six stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, I, some of that is earned. I understand, but that is genuinely a great piece of gear. Yeah. Um, it took, it took all of the problems that the, uh, was it the M9, M9. or M13 yeah. had? And it basically fixed all of them as far as i'm concerned yeah big big fan there so yeah, very cool uh amp uh, I, eh. I don't like the devils man i i don't like for, it. for this like i get it uh you got a good overdrive you have every effect in the hx effects um i mean it's just a pedal platform um, yeah deluxe would be better though there's lots of things that would be better I, that are in the same kind of ballpark I'm, i mean if you need the volume that's eh. the the hot rod's gonna kill the deluxe for output yeah and, but and, i would take a twin tone. over the deville even and i i'd really hate the oh twins. really yeah i don't like the twins, but that i would take a twin over deville because to me the deville the like overdrive crunch side is not it's like to me it's unusable well, i don't think it sounds good you just never use that <laughs> right but then okay so then i'm carrying around an amp with a two channel amp that i'm only going to use one channel of ever yeah and it's so, a channel a clean channel that sounds better in using a deluxe or a twin or just about anything else. Does the HX effects, and this is a good thing for Mike, does it have any amp modeling at all? Or is it no, just to just do pedals? that? You have okay. to go into the HX stomp, stomp or, something. or something like a quad cortex. Quad cortex would be a cool addition to this rig. The effects in the quad cortex are not, not as good as the line six, yeah. but it does do the amp modeling. And the cool thing about the quad cortex is it does its like capture thing of overdrives and boosts, yeah. which it does pretty damn well. So you could essentially like capture a lot of those, uh, like the, it doesn't do fuzz very well, but in mm-hmm. terms of the boost and the overdrive thing, you could just capture those, have them as blocks in the quad cortex and just use that and get those off your board. Well, one thing I was going to say, and I've done this um, before is I've taken like an amp in a box thing and I've ran it into the, effects return on uh-huh. the top of that amp yep uh and, and now mind you when you do that it's all the way up so you have mm-hmm. to like make sure your volume is turned down on whatever pedal you're plugging into but it then it's literally just a powered amplifier because it bypasses the preamp entirely yeah um, 
that's an option. I would just say though, get a different amp. That'd be the simpler well, thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> just because I love the pedal board, how the, how it's set up. I think that's dialed in. I just get a different amp. If you're only using it as a pedal platform, there's better pedal platforms out there than the DeVille, I think. Yeah. I don't like pedal platforms anyway. I think I'm, I'm pedal not platforms a huge fan either. Gross. But if that's what you're doing, then, you know, whatever. Okay. All right. So, so only things I would change the DeVille. And I don't love an HSS strat. And especially in this setting, I understand the appeal of the HSS Strat. I get it. They're not my cup of tea, but I get it. But I think in this setting, when you've got the Les Paul, you don't yeah. need a humbucker in the Strat. Um, so I would go traditional Strat on this. Yeah, just pull the pull the guard, yeah. put a new guard, and uh, or and you just have both. You know, mm-hmm. you can just swap it in and out. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 pick guard screws will give out eventually. They will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you, do you ever use beeswax on the pick guard screws? You're, no oh no! Three. Yeah, I've, I've I've heard of that. Yeah, it works. There you go. Okay, um, rate, it, rate it, rate it. You're gaining points for the Eastman. Really love that guitar. You're losing points for Deville. I'm going to give this eight Shoals flat, eight point Okay, I was I was thinking, yeah, fat the the, the fat Strat thing, the Deville. Yeah, 7.9. I'm just going to give it. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't like DeVille's either. I really don't. I don't know why I was defending it. I don't like those things. <laughs> I would say, look, if you're into this style, of, I would go with the Blues Deluxe over the DeVille. The Blues Deluxe is kind of a slept-on Fender amp. <sighs> it's for the a lot same of preamp. Yeah, but without the goofy like crunch channel or whatever on the DeVille. It's still got the gain. It just has – the DeVille has higher gain. But I think yeah. the low gain mode is the same as the Blues. Okay, Correct so, me if I'm wrong, comment section. <laughs> Either way, get ditch that amp. Ditch throw, the amp. Throw it in a ditch and and get a new amp. <laughs> what did those? What did Devils go for? New? What are they priced at? A, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Whatever. All right. Somebody let us know. It's a whole other thing. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, that might be the closest we've been in a while on a yeah. on a rig dip. Okay. Look at now, us. you want to shill something real quick before we call it? Yeah. I mean, the whole episode was kind of a shill. Um. I really want so, to show something. Okay. All right. You go first and then I'll, I'll go. Okay. I don't know if we're going to be able to see it if I scoot over. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh. That, all I see is a big brown rectangle because you're kind of in that potato big, mode right oh, now. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Big brown rectangle is the Joey Landreth 2-Rock amp oh, right there. Pretty. With, pretty. The, with the 3x10 ca- <laughs> cabinet. It is massive. I, having seen it in person, it's huge. It, it, it's heavy bike. <laughs> that is say. heavy bike. Literally, that is heavy. It's very loud, but it it's so it's so strange. So, like, I brought in my my gold top with the rap tail and the humbuckers, the, my Joey Landreth pseudo signature guitar, and um, plugged it into it. And I was like, "This is what Joey sounds like." <laughs> and it was it was very like, "Oh, well, I mean, of course it it should sound like that." But uh, Eli called me soon after and he was like so what do you think and i'm like well it, it sounds just like joey like if if because i've seen joey play every time in nashville save for like maybe once so i've heard him a lot and it just immediately was like oh that's his like clean sound um mm. but it's it's remarkable um the harmonic tremolo is it's dumb how good it sounds it's it's crazy it's crazy yeah i didn't get to play it at nam because there's no point no. in playing anything at nam but I, uh, next time I come up there, I'm looking forward to spending some time with that thing. Cause it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. 
Yeah, I want to get one of those vintage deluxes. I need to get one on order. I have one on order. So yeah, <laughs> and get that green, that green Tolex with Ooh, the silver, like silver grill, cloth. like this green. It's a little, gli- it's lighter than that green. It's okay. like a. He had one. One of his his like name was that green. <laughs> oh, well, closer, not quite. Like, <laughs> well, like this green. <laughs> speaking of green, uh, here's my shill. So talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I bought this full price when they announced it a few months ago now at this point. Look at you. I've I've been a huge fan of the Mark 1 like I said and still am. Like I said earlier, if you're interested, the Mark 1s are great. They're a little bit different. This has some more features that the Mark 1 doesn't have. It's stereo, it's got miso modes so of mono in, stereo out. It's got some some I haven't f- fully dived dove into the the new features on this one, but Delved. it's great. It <laughs> It does all the stuff that the Mark One does well, and then it takes it a little bit further, and it's got some some more control and and everything. So if you're into sort of ambient kind of sounds or textural sounds or just something that is a creative machine, this is a really great performance tool. I use this a lot live now, where I'll just like play something, loop it in the little micro looper, and then start manipulating it live and making it part of the song it's yeah it's a it's a lot of fun i really love this pedal that's um cool. and i like the pinkish purple it's a really nice it's really a great nice it's a great hue i will give it that um yeah and i should say i didn't buy this joey this is the final proto that was actually sent to premier guitar for review and this was the one joey did his videos with it's a loner eli said uh i just want you to hang on to it so it's here with me. So safe and sound. If you ever come to to Myth- Mythos HQ, you can you can plug it in. Yeah, but, just let them know first. Don't just show up at the door. They gotta, <laughs> yeah. They need a heads up. <laughs> um but thanks to our sponsor of this episode, Stumac, uh stumac.com slash dipped and tony and get 10% off your order. Get that GoBar deck. Let's see some acoustic please. guitars. Let's do it. Someone buy the GoBar deck, please. Yes. And uh, big thanks to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, if you want to join uh, Patreon and support the show, links below. You can learn all about it there. Uh, thank you guys for being um, part of our community. So yeah. yeah, and subscribe too if you haven't done yeah. so. It does help the channel out. So click the little red button and the bell notifying you when we're going live and uh, posting new videos and all that fun stuff. So there's still cool. a bell. Is it still the bell on there? Uh, yeah, last time okay. I checked. Man, I know. There's so much stuff. People have to click. God. Just click all okay. of it. If you see it, you it see all. our faces on it, click it. Click on it. <laughs> click it. Yep. All right. All right. Bye-bye.